A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Listeners, and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. We're going to be continuing our mini series around the seven C's of conscious change. You may recall the lady that's uh, co creating with this is a lady from Australia by the name of Cheryl Peel. Cheryl, a very warm welcome to you as ever. Thank you, kind sir. It is lovely to be here again with you and your listeners today. So you may recall, listeners, on the previous two podcasts, we've um, we've had a look at the the choose element, the communication element, the creation element, and so what we want to talk about today is commit and check in. So Cheryl, over to you, really. Well, thank you. So the first thing we really want to talk to in this session is commit. And commit is one of the three pillars of the seven C's of conscious change. Those pillars being choose, then commit, and then celebrate. And the reason I consider this a pillar is because it is all about your mindset. It's all about you and your experience and your journey on this change journey. This is about how you are going to be moving forward. You've already chosen to take this step, to go upon this change journey in a way that is powerful and conscious for you, to take as much control or influence as you can upon the journey. Now you've got a plan. You've spoken to people about your plan. You've developed a plan. You need to commit. This is the time where you re-emphasize and you double down on your conscious choice to be an active participant and influence in your change process. This is the point where you actually take the step off the cliff or you take the small brave step that is the next step on the journey that you have planned. And that's why commit is such an important pillar in the seven C's. It is that mindset, it's that reaffirmation that you are actively, consciously participating in this change to the best of your ability and you are about to implement the plan that you have and then you are going to see it through. Mm. What struck me here, Cheryl, is, I don't know if there's any coincidence to this in a world of no coincidence, listeners, but this commit sits right in the middle of the seven, doesn't it? And so is it, is that, is that deliberate? Because for me, you know, let's give a simple example of a, a New Year's resolution that somebody might make. And here's a classic one, listeners. I'm sure we've all heard this time and time and time again. So somebody buys us a pair of trainers for, um, for Christmas and right, okay, this is it. The new year, I'm going to stop smoking. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to be doing a marathon in September, blah, 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 with my new trainers. Yeah, okay, great idea. And then here we are, 2nd of January, 3rd of January, it's raining. Hmm. Okay, I'll leave it tonight. I'll leave my road work tonight. I'll do double tomorrow. 
and then the next night it's raining. Hmm. I'll do treble the night after. And as we know, you know, this these New Year's resolutions or revolutions, as I call them, they never quite get off the ground because of lack of commitment. Is this, is this significant, Cheryl, that it does sit right in the middle, three to the left and three to the right? Because it's that all decisive. Without commitment, it's just a fancy idea, isn't it? You've hit the nail on the head, Paul, and that really is one of the reasons it is a pillar. And it is, in fact, the central pillar because it is one thing to choose to do something. You've made a choice to do it and it's a conscious choice and that's awesome and you've figured out a way to do it and that's brilliant. But until you actually hit that sticking place and move forward, make that motion, you are still inert. You are still a body at rest. And if we let's be wild and talk about physics and Newton's laws. <gasps> a body at rest tends to stay at rest and a body in motion tends to stay in motion. These are some of Newton's laws. What, what we're looking at now is that commitment to actually make that change, to enact that future, and that is why commit really is the central pillar. You've made a decision now, you've got to get at it. You've got to get after it and make it happen. Mm, yeah, and that, that can be easier said than done. Oh, okay, hold me to that statement, Cheryl. Look, look what I've just done there. That can be easier said than done, listeners. Cheryl, challenge me on that statement. I'd happily challenge you on that statement, Paul. Here are you creating your reality. Mm. This is a statement that you have just made to yourself. What is it that Henry Ford said? If you can believe you can, or if you can believe you, you can't, you are correct. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that's that natural reaction in us, isn't it? So I think, the, you know, the awareness to see when these excuses come up and in terms of commitment, I think it is, you know, if we're going to do something. Surely we just do it because there are going to be a trillion reasons not to do it. And I'm sure we'll justify ourselves or our ego will justify to us. They're all valid, you know. Yeah, people don't really understand, you know. I can't go out training tonight because it's raining because, you know, when I was a child, well, I had double pneumonia and I was told by the doctor then to keep away from cold, wet weather. Mm. So there, you don't understand. And so the list goes on, doesn't it? Because we're actually not so much trying to con the outside world to get out of commitment. Or I think the biggest con of all is to ourselves, is it not? Always. It's always the biggest, the biggest con because if we want to get slightly esoteric about it, or, or we, we don't even have to be slightly esoteric, we can go back to talking about how an individual interacts with their world. It's all about your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your perception of reality. It's all about you. Mm. So there, there are statements that are made that, you know, who's the person that you lie to the most? Yourself. Mm. But who is the person that's most able to actually acknowledge that as a lie? It's also yourself. Yeah. And this is where I focus on conscious. That's why it's the seven C's of conscious change. It is about being self-aware. Mm. And that 
at no point says perfection that's I, I have, as you know, uh, I'm anti-perfectionism, but it's about being self-aware. It's about knowing that you may fall, you may struggle with the choices that you make along this journey, but acknowledging that and picking yourself up and recommitting to that path, that's the thing that makes you different. That's the thing that shows that you have made and committed to a conscious choice. Those, and you've heard me say it before, and I will say it again, it's those small, brave steps that you take that will create the motion that ceases the inertia. And it is that commitment to doing that, even when you stumble, even when you have doubt. It is that commitment to saying, all right, this has happened, but I'm going to get up and I'm going to try again. I'm going to make one more step. I'm going to take this small brave step and then I'll take another because I am committed to the future that I'm looking to create. I have a goal. I have a plan. I've researched and created that plan and I am committed now to making that plan a reality. And that is why commitment or commit is the major pillar of the seven C's of conscious change. Mm. And what was going through my mind there, Cheryl, as you were speaking, this is within, within my, my personal training sort of uh, focus or hat on, that you can scale up and you can scale down, can't you? So if you're training somebody, for example, and they've got a knee injury, then you'll scale down the, the exercise. And so with this commitment, there's no reason why we can't scale it down. When we at least feel inspired or motivated, and let's put this back to that context of, you know, a rainy night in January with my new trainers and, you know, the new, the new Year's revolution, so to speak. So, okay, there's that much self-pressure. I've got to go out there and I'm training for this marathon. And by the way, my... You know, this is self-talk now, but I, I'm going to win that marathon. I ain't coming last and I'm not going to walk it. And all this self-talk and this pressure. So maybe when we when we least feel like it, and that inertia, as you speak of, is, is absolutely in place, maybe we scale down things just to create a groove. And maybe we think, do you know what? I'm going to put my trainers on. I'm not going to go for a run, but I'm going to take an umbrella. I'm going to wrap up warm. And I'm going to go for a walk. And that's it. Because we're still, work, work, you know, those baby steps that you, you're still working in the direction of your initial intention rather than just letting it go completely. Does that resonate, Cheryl? It really does. It's, it's one of those. I like to think of it as the games that we play with ourselves. Um, and it's those, those promises that we make or, or the negotiations that we undertake with ourselves. And when you were talking about that specific analogy or example, one of the things that came to me is how we reframe something in order to achieve something. And within the context of that analogy, one of my favourite sayings and I would love to know who I could attribute this quote to, is that 
life isn't about waiting for the storms to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain. Mm. Yeah. And it's how we look at it. It's, it's how we approach it. And so within the context of your example, I'm going to rug up and I'm just going to take a walk. I love it. You're still being active. You are still making a step. You're still making a commitment to the future that you're looking to create, to that goal that you're looking to achieve. And it, it may be somewhat less than the huge initial task or goal that you set yourself, but it's still an achievement. And that is worth recognising and acknowledging. And it is still you making a commitment to that future. And I am emphasising that because it is important. It's really fundamental within the context of your mindset. What is it that you want? What are you prepared to do about it? Okay, it may not be as dramatic as perhaps you had planned, but it's still something and that is good. It is still forward motion. So yes, Paul, I resonate well with what you were saying. Mm. So anything else really to contextualize or talk about in, in terms, I mean, commitment is such a massive subject generally, isn't it? I mean, blind, we, we could do podcast episode after podcast episode just on this one topic, but for the sake of, I suppose, uh, brevity um, and you know clarity around what we're talking about here in terms of the seven seas Cheryl anything else that you want to throw in around the the monumental significance of commitment I would like to highlight that when you commit you're not committing just the one time you will continue to commit you will recommit throughout the course of your change journey you will recommit throughout the course of, of your life to whatever it is your goals are. You will make a conscious choice and then you will commit to it. This is not something that you do once. It's something that you continue to do because you are consciously creating that future. And in order to do that, you need to continuously commit. So that's just a reminder. You don't just do it the once. You keep doing it. Mm. It's kind of like when we have to go to the gym or when we go for a walk, you walk around the block once, it's really good, but you actually need to walk around the block more than once if you want to stay healthy. I don't know why, Cheryl, and listeners, this came into my mind when Cheryl was flagging up the, um, you know, learning to dance in the rain quote meme, and it's a great one. Um, and I don't know why, this is the musician in me or the love of music. Now, I won't flatter myself as a musician, but the love of music. And there was something that came to me. I'll do my crying in the rain. That's totally irrelevant. Um, but I just throw it in because it was for no other reason that it was there. And I move on. <laughs> I, would like to, I would like to acknowledge that because no one has ever said that there will be zero tears within the context of your journey. I have and know some amazingly brave people who, who are battling significant illnesses, cancer and, and such, for example, and there are tears. There are genuinely tears 
and it is part of their journey and they understand that and they continue to commit because they want to work towards the future that they're looking to create. There can be tears in that rain and, and yet they consciously choose to commit to that journey to move forward and that is part of the awesome bravery that they have. Trying to think who it was the Everly Brothers, wasn't it? From the 60s. Hmm. Anyway, moving swiftly on, listeners, moving swiftly on. So, Cheryl, check in. Yes, let's. Let's check in. So, we've done the commitment thing, listeners. Um, the check in. Give us some context, give us some framing around what does check in mean in this, uh, in this instance. Check-in is one of the more practicals of the Cs. As, as we've perhaps discovered through the course of these conversations that we're having, there is a mixture of practicality and mindset within the seven Cs. And check-in is one of the really practical Cs. It is based solidly in project and change management. And it's simply about you have a plan, you've committed to enacting it, You've created it, you've committed to enacting it, you've started to enact this plan and that is awesome, it is brilliant. And as part of that plan that you have, there might be mini goals that need to be achieved, stages that need to be achieved and things happen. We all know that things can happen and it's what we do with that. So as we move along this change journey and we are implementing the plan that we've created and something happens and it may be something that we've planned and we can tick that off as we check in. But if something happens and it's not to our plan, then it is up to us to look at that plan, to check in with that plan and think, hmm, how does that impact? What does that mean? What can we do about it? And to integrate any solution that you need to add into your plan. And that's why checking in is so important. Depending on the length of your change plan, it can be something that you do every other day. If it's a long-term plan, it can be something that you're doing once a week or once a fortnight. But checking in with that plan, seeing how you're progressing with it, seeing how other stakeholders that may be involved in it are progressing and responding to that is so important for the process to make sure that you are actually going to get to where you want to be. So check-in is fundamental and it can be as simple as a phone call or a look on your phone. It can be as simple as sitting down and spending some time with yourself over a hot beverage or with other people who are impacted and involved in your change process and having a chat and just seeing where are you now? Where are we? What needs to be done? And making any necessary adjustments in order for you to get to the goal. So, so check in. Yep. So, sorry, Cheryl. Um, so am I, if I'm hearing correctly, is this the kind of lastpost.com part where we check in? Is it working? I mean, am I oversimplifying this to say 
okay last lastpost.com is this working if not we change it before we then go on to yes it is working or or what have you and then we go on to the final two c's and obviously the final two c's are not the focal point of this particular dance between us so is this the last last lastpost.com or am i oversimplifying I would love to know what lastpost.com was, then I could tell you. Oh, okay. within, within the context of, it depends. It depends on how complex or how simple your your the plan you've created is. If it is a fairly straightforward plan, there's going to be minimal check-in required, but check-in is required because it's how are you going? How is it sitting with you? How is the plan going? How is that sitting? Is there anything else that needs to be done? And within a larger context, when it's um, from a team perspective or a family perspective or an organisational perspective, that check-in becomes more important along those lines and sometimes more formal just to see how other people are going within the context of this plan and is there anything else that needs to be done? Some parts of the plan may be fine. Other parts may need to be changed. You may not be able to get um, that brand of tyre for the car that's being fixed. Or you may not be, if someone's planning a wedding, you may not be able to get those kinds of flowers that you thought you want. And so you check in. It is an ongoing process from the time that you actually implement your plan to the time that you finish your plan. So it can be something that, that can happen over the course of a day or a week if you only have a short plan that you're implementing, or it can happen over months or even years, depending on what it is you're looking to achieve along this change journey. Did I make and sense? It makes sense. And what came to me there was there's two sides to this, isn't there? There's the quantitative. We're ticking the box. Yes, I've done my action. Yes, X, Y. And then there's the more qualitative. I'm checking in, but at what price to me? At what price to me? So let's go back to that example, listeners, of you know training for a marathon, the new year, enthusiasm, inspiration. Call it what you will. And then, yeah, I've been out every night and I've done this and I've done that. And by the way, I haven't run for 20 years, but the first night I did 15 miles and the night after I did 20 miles. Um, I'm actually a physical wreck, but I've done it. So there's mm. that kind of qualitative side, isn't there, that goes with this check-in to say, hang on, am I okay here? Because I think there's one thing ticking boxes quantitatively, but qualitatively, how do I feel? Am I nurturing me in this process? Yes, that is, that is something that is very important about it. And that is where there is a strong overlap and they sit side by side for a reason. Commit and check in sit side by side for a reason. Because often when you're checking in, you're recommitting. And if you find that there is something that needs to be adjusted qualitatively, qualitatively, if there is something that is that's not sitting well with you or you have a concern, this is when you reach out to those people that you've communicated with 
and identified who may be impacted or who could support you. And you figure out whether or not you need to reach out to that extended network of supports to just get that additional support. So checking in, yes, you are quite right, is important on more than one level. It is checking in with you. Mm. It is making sure that you're fine. And it is also recommitting to the progress that you make, whether it is a small brave step or a couple of steps or even a hop, skip and a jump. Who knows? Mm. I think it might be useful, Cheryl, because obviously what we're talking about is number five of the seven. Might be useful for our listeners just to kind of have a very brief recap of the five. And if we can almost give a, I don't know, I mean, I've tried to give the example um, of the, you know, training in the new year, you know, pack up smoking, lose weight, the new year's revolution scenario, if you will. Uh, but it might, yeah, I think it'd be useful if we can, if you can just give us a brief insight from, you know, from the first C and then work us through to this, uh, this fifth C. When you're training for a marathon or a triathlon, can I just qualify that before Any, I start? Anything at all. I mean, whatever, it doesn't have to be that example. Any example where those first five Cs would have some practical context? We, we will go with that one because that's the one we've been working with. All right. So the first C is choose where you make a conscious choice to engage in, in the change process. And so you may have been looking and thinking, oh, not feeling that fit. This is this has kept me a little bit restrained. I think I'm going to embrace my inner health and do a marathon. Never run one before, but let's do that. And I'm making a conscious choice to do that. And that is awesome. More power to you. You have actively identified something that you want to do and embrace that change. You've consciously chosen to do it. Brilliant. Then one of the ways that you are going to be making that real to yourself and to the people around you is to communicate it. And so you're going to be talking to yourself saying, I'm going to be doing this. I can do this. It's something that I've never done before and I can embrace that. I can be a better version of myself. I can be healthier. I can run these distances. I can learn to do that. And that's the positive self-talk that you create and experience for yourself. You create that environment where you are your own best cheerleader. And then you create and speak your reality to others and say, you know what? I'm going to do that marathon. You see that the London marathon? I'm going to do that. I'm going to be training for it. You just watch. I'm going to plan it out. I'm going to train for it. And the more people that you tell, the more commitment that you are making into it as you speak that reality and you have undertaken with more people that this is going to be something that you're doing. So you're establishing that, that reality. You're communicating that expectation for yourself and for others. And then you sit down and you create a plan. All right, how am I going to do that? How, how is that going to happen? Within the context of, of this example, it may be that you consult um, a trainer or a mate who's run marathons before and so say, how do you do it? How did you train? Do some research. How do we do it? How do we train? What is involved? 
You know, I need these runners. Awesome, I'm going to get these runners. Identify what has to happen. You create that plan. And then once that plan is all pretty and created and you've factored in your, your peaks and your troughs in your running periods and your food, for example, and if you have to go to the gym as well, you've considered all of these factors, you've created this plan, then you commit to it. Okay, I have X amount of months. I've planned for it. I know what I need to be doing. And within that plan, if you have a project management background and if you are aware of, some, like some of us, of Murphy's Law, you may have factored in some, shall we say, buffer because life happens sometimes and we allow for that where we can. You commit to that plan. And when you commit to that plan, you're saying, I, I know what this is. This is what I'm going to do. I want it and I intend to make it my reality. And you have committed. And then you start enacting that plan. And as you start, whether it's your first run and you do your first run and you check in, how did that go? What was the time? How do I feel? Is this something that's sustainable? You ask those questions. And depending on what those answers are, you may readjust what your next part of the plan is in order to achieve the outcome that you're ultimately looking to achieve, which is the marathon. And equally, you may, for example, get a cold and perhaps for five days, you're unable to run, but you might walk a bit, but you'll take care of your nutrition. These are things that you do as you check in. What can I do? This has happened. It's unexpected. What happens? I continue to have good nutrition. I will eat well. I will rest. I will practice self-care because myself is what I need to have in peak physical condition in order to run the marathon. And as you get better, you check in again and you adjust what needs to happen now. I can start jogging a little bit. So I'll jog for a little bit and I'll walk for a little bit. That's my new plan. That's what it looks like. Okay, what do my goals look like then? Well, then I'll push out those goals to do seven miles and then 10 miles and give myself time. And as, as you heal and you become more well, you may find that you can actually pick up your distance a little further than you expected and you check in. I can do better than I expected. I, I've recovered faster than I thought. Awesome. I'll be a little careful, but I'll do a little more. And I'll adjust as I check in, but my ultimate goal remains the same. And that is why check-in is so important. And it is why it sits beside commitment, because every time you come back and check and you assess and you see what can happen or what has happened and what may need to be adjusted, and you make that conscious choice to do that adjustment, then you commit to this slight variation of the plan that still gets you to that ultimate goal. And that is why check-in continues to be important. So, Did you want me to talk about the last two as well or just up to this one? No, I think we'll leave it there, Cheryl, because that nicely, well, very solidly, leaves a, uh, a big platform to, to finish off in the next, the next episode of... Um, oh, we'll, we'll let the cat out of the bag, what those two might be. 
for the complete and the celebrate. And on that complete note, listeners, I'm going to invite Cheryl in to share her contact details by way of coming to a close. Cheryl? Lovely. You can find me on Clubhouse at Cheryl Peel, all one word. You can find me at LinkedIn at Cheryl Peel, and you can find me, and this is the long one, but you can find me there at theconsciouschangecollective.org. And very soon, hopefully, you'll be finding me in a podcast. I'm working on it, Paul. I'm working on it. (laughs) And on that very timely note, listeners, I think all that remains is to say, watch this space and remember, mastering the game of life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?